We RSC Recruiting Podcast. Gary Pasquitz joined, as always, by Randy Taylor. And uh, Randy, we are certainly in the thick of the the season right now, and just uh, so much going on. But we had a big game last week between Modern Day and St. John Bosco that I want to talk about for a minute, because obviously you had uh, JT Daniels uh, for Modern Day, and uh, he's just so impressive right now. What gets me is just how effortless he looks in control of that modern day offense. And I, I didn't get the sense last year, even when modern day beat Bosco uh, in the regular season and Bosco came back and won it, you didn't get a sense that Bosco, that modern day was ready to get over the hump last year. I very much have the sense right now that they are ready to do that. Yeah. And it doesn't help to be loaded at a whole bunch of positions. Oh, but, my but I think goodness. that <laughs> I think JT is benefiting from, you know how I feel about transferring and all that stuff. I think what JT benefits from is several things. Talent, obviously. He's also a better athlete than a lot of people think, and, and he can move the chains and do things with his feet. But every summer, every fall, every spring, he's throwing with modern day. You know, uh, Coach Rollinson has those kids in the seven-on-seven tournaments. They don't have to mm-hmm. go out and join some of these other teams. And, and so there's a uh, consistency, continuity, a confidence, you know, that, that JT has with all of those guys. And, and when you throw in, you know, Amon Ron and, uh, you know, Tommy Brown at tackle and uh, all these other guys they've got running around the field uh, on offense and defense, it, it really is uh, something that uh, I, I don't know how anybody beats them. I, I'm just, uh, they, they should uh, run through it all the way. So I, I, that's just kind of how I feel with, especially their defense is so talented as well. When you with, throw without a doubt. like Ricks, who's a young guy, and, and Solo, and, and all these other guys, you know, uh, they've got Chris Parks at wide receiver, who's a talented kid. You know, they just have so many weapons. You know, Brew McCoy, you just go through and there's Name after name is a Division One, and not just Division One, but a lot of elite players, mm-hmm. you know, that are going to play at the highest level. Uh, so it's really a, a fun team to watch, and and uh, they and St. John Bosco, who is another team just like that, uh, with all of those athletes. And you talk about uh, our guy DJ who was a heck of a baseball player, and, and I think he's now focusing strictly on football, which is a good thing. I mean, he is uh, has that opportunity with his body type and athleticism, strong arm. He's got all those tools. And he can, you know, he's he's got such a, a great opportunity uh, being with that team and playing and, and the way he's been. Every time I watch him, he gets better. You know, all of those kind of things. It, it really is uh, the sky's the limit for that kid. His body and, and you know, so physically strong already as a young guy. So DJ in the class of 2020, uh, if, if SC skips the 19 year with just JT, uh, that 2020 year, you know, there's some guys and, and DJ's one of them that, uh, that could could be a heck of a get for that group. Yeah, I was certainly sitting there watching the game uh, 
thinking you, you could be looking at the SC quarterback future uh, of 19 and 20 with JT and DJ uh, out there. What really impressed me uh, about DJ in this game, Randy, he's, you know, this was his first you know, start, <laughs> as big of a regular season atmosphere as you're going to hope to have. And he, start, he, he started off a little slow. There were a little, you know, a little bit of nerves, whatever you want to call it. Just started off a little slow. But then once he hit, he hit a big, uh, a big pass to Delgado. That Delgado took and had a real nice yard after you would just sprint it out uh, for, for for the touchdown. And once that happened, it was just as if okay, boom, that that calmness came over DJ. And his command of the game for a sophomore in that type of environment, he ended up throwing for 257, a couple of touchdowns. Um, but it was just the way that he looked in control of things. And some of, there was a couple throws he made, Randy. I'm not telling you anything you don't know with this kid's arm. But uh, just looking at it, and I know uh, I was talking to J.J. afterwards after he announced the game, and he was bringing up something real interesting. But Bosco certainly is one of those teams capable of beating modern day this year. They're probably going to meet sometime in the playoffs. Um, what happens with Riel Mitchell? You know, Riel Mitchell has he's got a state title under his belt. He's got a lot of wins. But he said, hey, you can tell that, that those Bosco skill players, Riel is not a strong thrower of the football. Um right. And you just saw something different when DJ got in there and way that excited all those skill players, and they got some at Bosco. Holani's a good running back, and Delgado mm-hmm. and Bowman, they got some guys. going to be very interesting to see what happens to Real from this point on moving forward in the season. Yeah, the, the thing about Real is is he is a heck of a quarterback. Uh, he is not the, the prototypical guy. This is right. a guy that could be a running back, wide receiver, uh, you know, do the, do some things along with DJ that, uh, Coach Negro could really take advantage of. You know, those are some good coaches over there. And then you throw in guys like, uh, like you said, you know, Bowman and Cooley at Delgado. Uh, Demetrius Flowers is a heck of a running back over there. They've got that same problem of, of all this elite talent, you know, go forth and, on defense and, and some of these other kids, you know, would be. And I mean, it's just, it goes on and on and on. They got young guys right. like Bruce Walker and all these kids. Uh, Sal Spina is a heck of a defensive tackle or lineman. And, you know, so they've got, uh, offensive guys. They've got defensive guys and, and their biggest thing is just going to be getting over that modern day hump. I think that's. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's obviously, you know, other, other programs out there in that, in that level when you throw in Jay Sarah, who's undefeated at some of these other programs. Who goes to Pat Harlow, by the way? Yeah, how about that? And they've got a bunch of, you know, they've got good talent and young talent and, and they're doing a heck of a job. So there's so many good teams. Uh, any of these guys, including Mission Viejo, who, who I saw, uh, as and well was, this past Friday. There's some really, really good football teams. And, that's right. That, that's uh, just what I was going to lead into was Mission Viejo on that one. I think they are one of the teams that can uh, get in that mix. So uh, tell us about who you saw last week for the Diablos. Well, think about their defensive backfield, first of all. There, there's four Division One players, and, and the three of them are obvious in, in O.J., uh, the Mitchell kid, and then uh, Akili Arnold is a, a 2019 kid who's who should be a Division One type of a player. And then they've got a senior kid named Kennedy, who's track fast, a tall, lanky kid that runs real well uh, and, and makes a lot of plays and, and should be a whether he's an F 
FBS or, or uh, FCS guy, you know, it depends on, on everything and who needs what. But, uh, you know, you go to their defensive lineman, uh, uh, an SC legacy guy, Kennelly, is a defensive end that I love. He's a young stud, long-arm kid, Reese Height. They have the Tano Vasu brothers who are mm-hmm. really solid inside. Jack Munch at D-tackle. So they're loaded uh, at all of these positions. And so it's really going to be fun because you're going to have some really, really talented, deep Division One level programs uh, running into each other, you know. Osborne, to me, the wide receiver at Mission Viejo, he may be third uh, in the in my favorite receivers in the in the state, especially in the in the southern section. Uh, you know, and so it's really really fun to watch, and, and uh, I, I don't know how it's all going to work out. That's why they play them, as they say, right? Exactly, so, but I we'll see. I, I, I agree with you on those guys you're saying. I, I, I've loved Austin Osborne, Osborne since last year. Um, one guy I really want to talk about is Elijah Griffin, just in terms of I, I, think the, I think the world of him as a player. Always thought he had a real chance to end up in the SC class. Kind of a surprise when he went on that weekend to UCLA and ended up committing on the spot, and it sounds like, uh, at, at least for the majority of what we're hearing, is he will probably stick with that commitment. Um, so I think that's a loss right there in that regard. But uh, Akili Arnold, I know he plays some running back. He plays some DB. Where do you see a kid like that uh, possibly ending up, or is that just too early to call on him? Well, I think what what uh, Akili is, he's got good quickness, and he can do some things as a tailback. He slips tackles more than he runs, you know, makes a miss or runs over him. Uh, I probably see him more of a safety. He can be a physical guy and cover some ground. His top end speed is going to be, you know, something that coaches are going to want to see, you know, how he develops. He's a, you know, just a junior. So he's a division one type player that I think uh, coaches will, will pay attention to. Uh, and, and I think is a matter of time before somebody, uh, in the Pac-12, jumps uh, jumps in and, and uh, thinks of offer, but they, the the other kids they have too around him uh, are so talented. And the Osborne kid, go back to that just briefly. He keeps getting bigger and, mm-hmm. and stronger and more athletic. I mean, he's he's really fun to watch. So uh, it'll be interesting. And, and Arnold is one of those guys that's going to have to. Uh, have to carry them. You're talking about great quarterbacks they'll have to play against mm-hmm. With, mm-hmm. with top receivers, you know. And so uh, it, they're, everyone in this group is going to be tested. I just think modern day is the, the team to beat. I'll agree with you on that. And then uh, Mission played San Juan Hills, and they obviously yeah. have an uh, offensive lineman junior that you and I have talked about a couple times. But what did you think of Sean Ryan after watching him on Friday? I love him. Seeing him in person and in the game, uh, he is so talented and so athletic. Uh, it just comes easy to him. Uh, he could easily be a backside tackle for any program in America in a year. He's got that athleticism, and, and he uses his hands well, and he just is fun uh, fun to watch. Uh, he has speed. He can play with power. He's just, to me... Uh, if you haven't offered them, which I think several have, 
uh, anybody in the country should offer. He could play guard, center, tackle, and and be a, a difference maker as long as he lives up to his ability, which you know is always the case. Sure. Uh, the other thing I liked about uh, San Juan Hills, they have a kid that I, I watched the first half, and, and this kid named Carson Lewis, who's a 2019 kind of a safety uh, receiver kid, but really is such a ball hawk and an active player with range. And, and he, I mean, I think in the first two possessions that uh, uh, Mr. Viejo had, he made every tackle and picked off two balls. Uh, hmm. You know, so he he was really, really fun to watch. Now, you know, all of the – how he gets bigger, stronger, faster, all that stuff. But that, that was a kid that just – I just had so much fun watching. Uh, Billy Joe Hobart's son plays for them. Joey, uh, he's more of a receiver, but, but you know, it's always nice to mention a, a former NFL player's son, I guess. So it was well, a good team. The, San Juan Hills was a good program, good team, and, and a bunch of good guys up there. Well, if we're, if we're going to stick with mentioning relatives here, let's talk about Corona Del Mar because uh, you, you, you saw the relative of a former USC quarterback down there. Yes, uh, and, and like I said, uh, uh, General, our guy, let's see, General uh, uh, Booty, right? And like I told you, I'd recruit him just because of his name. So General Booty is the nephew, and he's a, a freshman. He's a 2021 kid. He is the nephew of John David and the son of, of Abram, who played wide receiver at LSU. And, and I was fortunate enough because uh, Corona Del Mar had, uh, had done some, you know, some things early in the first half that, that gave them quite a lead in the second half, and they were able to play another main quarterback, uh, Garbers. Ethan Garbers is the younger brother of, of the young guy that went up to Cal, Chase, Chase right? Chase, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. and so he's a sophomore quarterback, and then behind him is General Booty, so I got to see both of them. But but Booty is athletic. Uh, he can run, and, and so he's a mobile kid. So it'll be interesting to watch, and I know their coaches are high on him and Garbers. So that was, you know, it was all fun to to go out there and see, but they, Corona Del Mar, who's only lost one game to Jay Sarah, they've got some, uh, they've got a 2020 uh, receiver, tight end, defensive end kid, Mark Redman, who will be recruited by everybody. He's about a 6'5", 220-pounder. A, uh, a junior, John Humphreys, who's already being recruited as a long, lanky wide receiver. They're a talented group. Uh, uh, Tay Lee is committed to Harvard, who's a you know, a 2018 tight end, defensive end, linebacker type kid. Uh, so that their their funny team seems to be uh, uh, going pretty well and, and pretty strong for this uh, this season for sure. I love it. Yeah, I know a few seeking graduates who have been uh, pounding the drum the last couple of years, happy about where the Corona Del Mar program is doing these days. So uh, let's talk about this coming week. You're, you're uh, possibly heading down to San Diego, um, and I know that would normally mean uh, Helix High School. Now, what's the status with Isaac Taylor Stewart these days? Well, he's just the best corner in the maybe in the country, <laughs> but he's over at Helix, and and I, I look forward to going over there and seeing how all those kids are doing. I, I 
I may may or may not be going down that way. Uh, if I do, I'll see Helix and I'll go by Vista, which has some players, uh, as well as uh, Lincoln High School, which has made quite a comeback uh, and, and has a whole bunch of really good players. So kind of putting that schedule together, uh, Thursday I may, because uh, I'm looking at this schedule, I may go see Villa Park Thursday. And okay. they've got that, that Illingworth kid, the, the big uh, uh, quarterback who transferred from Centennial. Uh, Marcus Johnson is over there. They've also got a Paul Teferi, who's a 2019 quarterback there that's about a 6'5-ish, 200-pound kid. So Villa Park has, has been the benefit of some kids transferring over there because of other issues. But they're they're going to be fun to watch. And so I'm looking forward to that. So that I'm kind of still – Still making my my uh, uh, travel plans right now. I'm going to be very interested to hear your thoughts on Marcus because, like you said, he uh, he didn't play through the first part of the year because of some of the transfer stuff, but uh, still considered an SC commit. And so, very anxious to hear your thoughts if if you do go see him in terms of how he's progressing this year. I sure liked what I saw from his brother before he had a shoulder yeah. injury and is out for the season. So. Uh, anxious to hear any thoughts on Marcus as well. So let's go yeah. to the uh, Taylor thought of the week. We're uh, we're going to hit some video today. Yeah, so, you know, uh, we watch a lot of video and, and uh, a lot of highlight tapes, and, and I think kind of the first thing that, that families and players, so, so whoever uh, checks out this podcast, if you know of an athlete that, that wants to play college football, Really, they need to do a better job. Most kids need to do a better job of putting their highlight video together. First of all, colleges hate music and, and are always trying to find the mute button. Uh, so, so we don't need music. You don't need slow motion. Uh, put your best five plays first. And think about this as, a, as what college coaches want to see, not what you think was cool when you, you know, uh, stood over so <laughs> you know, my pet peeve. But you know, not like what you think is cool or what what your grandma grandpa want to see. Think about it from a college coach's point of view. You may be an offensive lineman and, and have a, a pancake because the the guy kind of fell backwards. But what the college coaches want to see is you getting at the second level and blocking mm-hmm. linebackers, or you pulling and trapping, or you you know whatever your position is. And the other thing I noticed that these players don't do is they don't do a great job of taking all of their games and putting them into one uh, video and pinning it to the – in fact, I tweeted this today – pinning it to the top of their huddle uh, or wherever they have their videos. And so I I think it's uh, really important for athletes, and, and no matter how talented you are or think you are, the highlight video, there's a, 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 in college football, we say video is king. And that's the first thing that we watch. And college coaches are, are, they watch a lot. So make it easy for them to see your best plays so that they can make a decision to watch game tape, which is the next step, and then to watch you in person. And then to check your transcripts and see what kind of character you have. So, so that's my advice to uh, high school footballers is uh, really, really pay attention to what's on your highlight video. That's good stuff, Randy. Appreciate it as always. Have a good time. Uh, whatever games you see this weekend, and as for myself, we'll certainly be enjoying USC Notre Dame on Saturday. How about that? 
it just uh, it, that's fun. I, and last week they they did some. I tell you what, I I sent a note to one of the guys up there at, at CS. What a tough-minded group. You know, there's a lot of teams that could that could fade. What they did in the second half and really just, you know, played their butts off against a team that kind of looked like it had destiny on its side, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and those mm-hmm. things can start rolling against you. But then uh, making that play at the end and all the things they did in that second half, this is a team that really excels in that they finish well. Good point. That, that's that's the thing that they do. Which Very good point. Right? Sounds good, Randy. We'll talk. Uh, right, good talking to you. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.